Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement in the podcast booth. Myself, I'm Molly Nelson. I'm sitting next to Rochelle Smith. She's the producer of this podcast and across from us, Anna Marie Morrow, the director of Medicare at Merkel Retirement Planning and Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial planner, a certified financial fiduciary and a retirement income certified professional. Did I get that all right? Catch anything there? Yeah. Okay. It sounds so, right. I was thinking about this podcast, guys. I was just really mulling it over yesterday, just really in the zone with how to make, you know, this podcast really just get started. And I was trying to think of what is one thing that connects the four of us? And I was thinking, and I don't claim to know you guys super well, but I feel like I do spend a lot of time with the three of you. I could not think of one thing that the four of us have in common. Like literally, like I was thinking of the teams you're, we're fans of, couldn't think of anything. Thinking of where we grew up, um, you know, kids, cats, dogs, cobbies, nothing. So I thought, well, we got to have some kind, right? Isn't that kind of funny though? Like aside from working here, I just couldn't think of one thing. I know there probably is something. So I thought, well, how could we get to maybe like something that bonds us all? And then I came up with this, which probably won't get us to that, but it will be a fun way to get into the podcast today. And it is dun, dun, dun. two truths and a lie. Oh, this is going to be fun. And do you know what? Everybody in the room knew this was coming except one person. <laughs> is that everybody who's laughing right now? So Lauren, I guess, missed the memo. So Anna Marie Amaro, Rochelle Smith, and myself are prepared with two truths and a lie. And it's just a fun way to get to know each other. We'll let you go last. It's, it's okay. Yep. You think about it and we'll go. Anna Marie, you, you're clamoring. You are clamoring <laughs> for two truths and a lie. So please, pen? So please. Go ahead. Okay, clearly these are in uh, completely random order. Stay on your mic there, sister. There you go. Okay, here we go. I've been skydiving. Alligators are my favorite animal. Oh. I was baptized in the Red Sea. Oh, my. Wow. So we have to guess which one is the lie. Unfortunately, I can't guess because Anne-Marie <laughs> read them out loud to me. Yeah, I, I didn't really understand how this game works. What was, the first, what was the first one again? I've been skydiving. Okay. You want to guess first, Lauren? Sure. Go. That's. Wait. What are you guessing? The, the, the lie? The skydiving is the lie. I was guessing towards skydiving too because I know you lived in Egypt. And I know alligators seem somehow on brand for you. <laughs> okay, we'll dive into that a little bit later. <laughs> so is it skydiving? Okay, so now can I give the answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have been skydiving. Oh. I even talked my husband into it on our honeymoon. Okay. Um, alligators to me are the most terrifying creatures on the planet. Okay. I see one and I start to cry and sweat and I want to run away. So you, have, you oh. were baptized in the Red Sea, which is really amazing. That's cool. I was little, yeah. But Rochelle, you're okay. up. I'm up. I wrote down a lot of options. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I have started and produced two other podcasts. I am an extra in a local TV commercial. And I've interviewed Bob Costas for a TV show. Okay. I think, wait. Ooh, I, I know one that's true. And then the other two, I'm, I'm on the fence. I know oh. you did the sports show with your dad. Yeah. So I know you interviewed a lot of sports figures. Now, Bob Costas, I'm not sure, but I'm going to say yes. Okay. So I'm going to say the first one is the lie. Uh, the other two podcasts? I've started and produced two other podcasts. Yeah, I think that's the lie. Is that well. the lie? Can I guess? Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what what oh, is, is your guess, Wait, are you? Who are you again? 
Bob Costas is the lie. <gasps> Ooh. It is the lie. Uh-oh. Uh, who's Bob Costas? Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you kidding? Oh, we'll have I mean, a discussion about that. It sounds familiar. Um, I did not interview him, but he did submit interview questions, but I didn't actually get to interview him. Oh, wow. Okay, mm-hmm. that's, that's good. All right, mine are kind of lame compared to you guys, <laughs> but here we go. Okay, I've been to a Lakers game. I've been to the NCAA Women's Championship basketball game, and I've been to a Broncos game. Oh, this is tricky. I'm going to say... I the think lie the, is the Broncos. That's what I was going to guess. The lie is the Lakers. The lie is the NCAA Women's Championship. Oh, that is shocking. I know, right? Because I, I do play-by-play for women's basketball. Yes. I played a little bit of basketball. And I would love to go to the championship game. It just hasn't happened yet, but it will. Oh, interesting. Oh. Okay. All right, Merkel. You're up. <laughs> Lauren. If I told you guys I, guys I despise these types of games. Oh. <laughs> This will be fun. I, th- I think the audience has a good flair, a good flavor for the group here. I think we can get into the income part. Oh, what, what do you guys think about? We're that talking idea? about income today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're turned into this podcast probably because you're thinking about retirement, and don't worry, we are too. We just like to have a little bit of fun with the subject because though retirement is exciting, we we like to. Yeah, we are having a little bit of fun, but we do need to get to the serious talk, which is retirement. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking about retirement. Maybe you're getting close to retirement or you could already be retired. So retirement income, that's what we want to tackle today. We'll get to the alligators later, talk more about that. (laughs) But retirement income, it's probably a new concept. If you've been receiving W-2 wages for the last 30 or 40 years, we want to talk about how to turn your retirement savings into retirement income, plus how you can't do any of this, make any of these decisions without talking about how it impacts Medicare. So Lauren, since you don't want to play two truths and a lie, I do know what you do like to talk about because you sit down with families and individuals every day and you talk about it and it's defining retirement income because it is kind of a new concept. It's a new concept because it's a concept that you've never had to think about because your income has always been delivered based on the labor that you've provided, right? When you work for a company, you get the W-2 wages and the control over your income when you're working is significantly different than the control that you have over your income when you have retired. And there's a whole set of other things that we can go down with that control. As an example, when you are working, you are looking to make more income. You're looking forward to maybe any potential raises that probably motivates you to do a better better job. And the only way that you can decrease your, your taxable income is to make less money. When you're in, in the retirement years, it's not like you don't want less income. It's just you want less taxable income for a variety of reasons. And when you're retired, you do have or can have more control over what that taxable income looks like. If you do the right steps, if you incorporate the right planning strategies pre-retirement or even post-retirement to put yourself in a position where you have tax diversification and you have different levers of income where you can have income from this source and it's taxed a certain way, have income from this other source, it's taxed a different way, and have income from another source where maybe Maybe it's not taxed at all. So you that's the importance of having an income plan in retirement, which you've never really had to have in the working years because you've always just strived to make a little bit more, make a little bit more, make a little bit more. And in the retirement years, having that deliberate intentional plan can provide you not only the income that you need point of, at point of retirement, but beyond, but also increase your spendable income as well. 
And Anna Marie, do you find that people are surprised that this retirement income conversation needs to be had in connection with Medicare? Or do they already kind of have a sense of that when they first uh, sit down with you and the retirement planners? We're seeing more and more that they have a sense that it does tie together. Um, but what is surprising is people who are retiring before the age of 65, uh, before the age of 63 and a half, because they could have COBRA that carries them. Because if they go on the marketplace for their health care, that is tied to their income. They can take advantage of a subsidy, or if they don't take advantage of the subsidy, that opens up some income-bound limits. So it actually plays into that as well. And we're seeing a lot more people wanting to retire before the age of 65, before the age of 63 and a half. So that's still a part of the conversation. And I think that's also really surprising to people. So Lauren, you talked about income and control as you head to and through retirement. How as a retirement planner, we're sitting down with people, how much do you think about the cost of healthcare or Medicare when you're helping people develop an income plan? And how do you, how does that all work? Well, we have to think about it quite a bit. And the way we think about it differs depending upon the situation that our, the families that we're working with are in. As an example, I just met this week with a couple, they originally wanted to retire at 65, both of them, but their jobs, is, they're not no, they're no longer being fulfilled by what it is that they do. In fact, it's having the reverse impact on them where it's, it's taken away from their health through their eyes. So they want to retire at 62. And the one thing that is top of mind for them when they look at changing their retirement date from 65 to 62 is this healthcare situation where they have to come up with some kind of healthcare plan to get them to Medicare age. Otherwise, it's going to cost them a ton of money. And in the environment we're in this year, they do have cash. So they have cash. We can live on cash for a couple of years, which means they can qualify for the ACA and pay very little to nothing for their health care. But the ACA goes away at the end of this year based on current legislation. Now, they could continue that on. They could they could extend that law, but we don't know as of as of today. So they're kind of in this limbo moment where if they retire next year, they may have the ACA, they may not. Their, their plan could con- change completely based on w- the way we develop it right now for retirement next year. So that's their situation. If they are 65, now their income is going to, or really if they're 63 and beyond, the income that they they have, the taxable income that they have coming in could impact what they pay for Medicare premiums. Mm -hmm. So we have to take that into consideration as well. And there's some people who are, are very aware of the IRMA restrictions. And then there's some people that they're hearing about it for the very first time. So when we're having these conversations, we need to, number one, we need to bring it up because we don't know if they're aware or not unless we bring it up or we engage in that conversation. So that's on us. We have to bring it up. And then number two, we we have to put together an IRMA plan to make sure that they are having the income that they need to have for the lifestyle to live their retirement vision that they want to, but also that they're making savvy decisions to so they're not paying too much for the health care that they have post 65 and again that starts at 63 even though they're not eligible for medicare until 65 that conversation starts at 63 because when it when they turn 65 it looks two years back at what their income was uh, at age 63 
ACA. So that's the Affordable Care Act. Mm -hmm. Let's kind of talk about the difference between that and the marketplace. Anne-Marie, I know that's something you specialize in. Yeah. So the Affordable Care Act is also the marketplace, is also Obamacare. It's all it's all the same thing. It's qualified health insurance on the open market, basically. And what's signed into place right now is called the American Rescue Plan. It was signed in uh, by Congress April of 2021. And what that does is it provides a greater subsidy for for households uh, in getting them less expensive health care. So it's been great. There's a lot of families out there. Uh, it depends on your county. It depends on your age. It depends on your household income. And there's a lot of families out there who do have a $0 a month monthly premium. Again, you have income bound with, you are income bound within that calendar year. Um, and that dictates your premium. Uh, now, with that being said, the American Rescue Plan is set to expire at the end of 2022. So as of right now, we don't know what next year will look like as people, as families are retiring this year and planning on, should I take COBRA now or should I get on the marketplace and see what type of subsidy is available to me? Or it's even more common now that some some of these companies have their own retiree health care plan. But the way that those health care plans work for most of them anyway is if at point of retirement, if they don't choose to be on that plan, then six months down the road, 12 months down the road, they cannot come back and say, hey, wait a minute, sign me up for this this retiree plan. And that comes into this conversation, too, because mm -hmm. the based on the subsidies of the ACA, they might pay very little to nothing through that type of health care. But if the rescue plan goes away, those subsidies go away next year, then their best health care plan could have been their retiree plan, but they can't go back to it. Mm -hmm. So that's just a whole new dilemma that retirees are facing right now as well. Yeah, I met with a, a couple yesterday who they're retiring uh, September and October of this year. And that was their big thing. They knew that they were going to qualify for a $0 monthly premium. We looked at that, but I mean, they're only 61 years old. So what does that look like for next year? They're not sure. So we kind of strategize looking at different options. We're just going to see what Cobra looks like when they retire and then look at, put them on Cobra. They're going to let Cobra. And then once we have information for 2023 in December, then We'll review that and make a change if we need to, or they can ride Cobra through the next year. Yeah. Can you go back to Cobra? No. So you've got to do Cobra right away too, kind of like these retirement uh, healthcare plans Correct. as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Marie, have you seen any information as far as when we might hear whether or not they're going to extend the rescue plan? We don't. Typically, information like that for the next calendar year, even if there was an American rescue plan in place, we usually don't get those details until November, December. Like It's really up until the last minute. Which makes planning for the next, for mm -hmm. them, four years difficult because this this could have a big difference on, again, their retirement income, the amount of money they can spend in retirement. And if you're listening to this and, you know, you don't watch the legislation like Anna Marie and Lauren do, and it feels maybe a little like, hey, I don't, I'm not in the know on this. That's okay, though, because this is the kind of stuff you're watching for families. They don't have to necessarily come in and say... Uh, I know about this. I mean, you guys know. And the nice thing is, too, you can help them either ask their employer, do you have a retirement health care uh, plan? So that's kind of where having somebody on your team who who does stay up on this stuff is really valuable. Something else I know you stay up on, Anna Marie, is Irma. 
IRMA a term? Some people are familiar with, some people aren't, but I think we should break it down because we can't talk about retirement income without talking about IRMA. IRMA, income-related monthly adjustment amount. This is something we tackle right off the bat when we know people are within those two years of Medicare eligibility, or if they're over the age of 65, retiring, electing Medicare. IRMA is one of the main things we want to talk about right off the bat. So that is where they do that two-year look back that Lauren was talking about earlier, which dictates what your Part B and your Part D drug card premiums will be. So if you're, uh, and these income ranges change every year, every year they're different. They went up uh, quite a bit this last year from uh, inflation. And uh, so they do a two-year look back. So if you're electing Medicare in 2022, you'll, they will look back to the year 2020 and they'll look at your modified adjusted gross income. And every year they look at that. So if you have an IRMA, an increase to your premiums in 2022, that does not mean that you're going to have it the next year and the year after. Every year they do this look back. Now, if you're retiring and you're moving to part B, obviously you're going to have a change in your income. You're not going to be making the same amount of money that you were two years ago. So there is this option to file an appeal. Um, now it is an appeal. It can go either way, but you do have that option and it's, and it's really, it's actually very user-friendly to complete. We do a lot of those here, um, and we've seen success with it, um, so it's, it's definitely an option moving forward to have that uh, income or that premium reduced. And that's a conversation that we have a lot of times because many families don't understand that the appeal process is actually in place. So maybe they've heard about Irma, they've heard there's a two-year look back, and they've made a ton of money the last couple of years prior to retiring, and they're looking at the Irma in, uh, charts to see what their surcharge is going to be on their Part D and also on the Part B. And they're saying, I'm going to have to pay $350 a month extra or $500 a month extra. That's crazy. But then they learn about the appeal process. And most of the time, if the reason that you are appealing is because you're going to retire, then it basically eliminates the two-year look back and it'll go based off what you think you're going to earn for this upcoming year, which means in retirement, most of the time, their taxable income, especially if you incorporate that tax planning, is going to be within the, the uh, regular premium range for Medicare Part B and D, which could be significantly different than your higher wage earning years the last couple of years pre-retirement. Yeah, we're talking about a difference of right around $350, right? Because the, the lowest... Cost is what, 144 or? The base premium for 2022 is $170.10. But we've seen people, I mean, it can go as high as a 500, uh, close to $600 monthly premium. We met with a couple not long ago that they didn't know about this IRMA. They were expecting their net expenses in retirement to include just that $170, $170 base for each of them. And then as we started talking about their taxes and their investment planning and their income planning, looking back, yeah, they were each individually going to have to pay up to $600 a month. So then that next question they have is, well, can we even afford to retire now? I can't, we can't afford to do that. We're not making that money anymore. So that's where that appeal process can really ease a lot of the stress and concern. An appeal, of course, sounds a little bit like a like a lawyer term, like a fancy term, but you don't need an attorney for this. This is something you walk people through. Correct. Give us maybe the basics on how it works. Yeah, you don't need a lawyer. We ha we file that paperwork here. Um, it does help. It does go a long way if you have anything from your employer addressing your retirement date. It's not necessary, but it can go a long way. And then, yeah, we just walk them through um, illustrating an estimate on what they anticipate their income to be for the, the current calendar year. And then we have to USPS the 
the document to the social security office. And have you found in your years of doing this, Anna Marie, that there's any rhyme or reason to when people get a yes or a no, or does it seem like it just, sometimes they get a yes and sometimes they get a no. Anna yeah. Marie always gets yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Disclaimer. Uh, <laughs> there's fine print on that. Um, no, we've seen a lot of success, but that's a great question because it, I've seen a turnaround time of a three weeks. They've gotten a yes, it's gone through. And then other times I've seen them go ahead and get the bill for the increase. And then a month later, it's approved. So it, it's all over the place. Um, there's no set time limits when uh, when you're working with Social Security. If something that Anne Marie has said really piques your interest, you have a great opportunity to speak directly with her about your specific situation. It's a 15-minute retirement checkup call. Go to MerkleRetire.com, M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com. There's two things you can do there. You can schedule a call with a retirement planner. You keep scrolling down, and you'll see Anne Marie Morrow's beautiful face. You can schedule a 15-minute retirement checkup call with her. These are complimentary calls. So whether you want to talk about Medicare or you want to talk more about maybe some of the other aspects of, of retirement, you can schedule your call today. Let's dive back into retirement income, Lauren. So we got a sense of how it works with Medicare, but there still might be some people out there kind of want to go, Hold, let's go back just a little bit. What, what can I even expect in retirement? I know I just read an article that said you will spend 80% of what you're working, you, spending in the working years in retirement. So I'm going to budget for 80%. Is, is that a good idea? Well, what you can expect in retirement is the unexpected because you've <laughs> never done it before. And we all know that life has a way of surprising us. Life has a way of ever changing. And what we, what we find, here's the experiences that we go through, is that typically people are going to spend a little bit more money than what they were spending when they were working. And the reason why is because they have a whole lot more free time on their hands. And so that free time means hobbies, it means traveling, it means grandkids, it means gifts. One of the families I met with uh, just the other day, she wants to spend a lot of money on her grandkids, right? Just the fun stuff. So everybody has a little bit different vision. That's why it's your retirement vision. But that vision costs money. And when you're working, you're spending a lot of your time working, which means you're probably, unless you're on Amazon.com, you're probably not. No one in this office nobody would do would that. Do no, that. never. <laughs> Not, not once, never popped it up. So free time equals spend. And uh, so it's not uncommon for people to initially spend a little bit more in their uh, retirement days than they do pre-retirement. And that's why we encourage people to do what we call test drive your retirement, which means probably about 12 months out before retirement. If you can do it sooner than that, that's even better. But 12 months out prior to retirement, live the lifestyle that you plan on living from a cost standpoint in your re early retirement years. So as you develop your retirement income plan, if you expect you're going to need $7,000 a month to live your retirement vision, live on $7,000 a month prior to retiring and see what that lifestyle looks like to you. Are you comfortable? Are you, do you feel like you're kind of pinching pennies and you need a little bit extra? Is it way too much? You get a good sense of what $7,000 a month does for you. And that by itself, that ex exercise alone can help eliminate some of the surprises that a lot of retirees find as they make that tra transition from the working to the reti retirement years. It's it's all too common that we plan for a $6,000 a month or $7,000 a month spend pre-retirement. And then they retire and they're like, whoops, <laughs> I actually need $8,000 sure a month. And that does have a big impact or can have a big impact on your plan. So it's nice knowing that going into it as, a, as opposed to being surprised. If you start with $6,000 a month at age 65, 
What happens, what kind of a range do you see that go to when they get to 85? I mean, you've been doing this long enough, Lauren, that you've, you've seen people go all the way through retirement. You started with them at age 60. And then what, what can they expect in 30 years? Uh, it's funny, you threw out 65 to 85. So that's a, that's a 20 year time frame. And if their budget's $6,000 a month, 20 years from now with just average inflation, so inflation's averaged a little over 3% over the last 114 years, then you would anticipate that $6,000 a month budget increasing close to $12,000 a month over that 20-year time horizon. Uh, And that just includes regular living expenses and discretionary spend. That does not not include a substantial increase in your health care costs. So if you retire at 65, you're probably in pretty good shape healthcare-wise. Your costs outside of Medicare and maybe some additional uh, expenses probably isn't that substantial compared to what it's going to be at the age of 85, and especially if you need something like long-term care or home health care. So it's it's a quite a quite a bit difference in spend, and that has to be incorporated with your income plan as well. A couple of years ago, I met with a, a gentleman. He's an engineer. And he spreadsheets everything, (laughs) everything. He took us up on the 15-minute retirement checkup phone call, and then he came in for a visit. And he came in, and one of the things he said is he said, Lauren, I've spreadsheeted this thing up and down, backwards, sideways. I am confident (laughs) that I have enough money to do what I want to do in retirement, but I, I really have a lot of tax questions. So he came in to talk about taxes, but ultimately what we found out is in his spreadsheeting, and in his planning, income planning, he completely forgot about inflation. Ah. So we kept going through the process. We built out his retirement plan. And in his income plan, when we showed that to him, he actually ran out of money mid-80s. And wow. Was and he that, didn't like the looks of that. Was I, that a yeah. surprise to him? Right. Uh, he understood it once we pointed out, sure. here's what we, here's what the income plan really, how it should have been constructed. He understood it. He got it. Uh, but he was very thankful that we caught it now because now he had time that he could make adjustments in the plan, in his spending, uh, and in his, his investment plan to account for what he didn't account for in his original spreadsheeting. And you mentioned an average rate of inflation, but has anyone, here's something that ties us all together. Have you guys bought food lately? Anyone here bought food? (laughs) Perhaps the grocery store? I mean, the average rate of inflation, great. I know that 114 years, but just in the last year, we've seen record rates of inflation. And of course we feel it in places like the grocery store, but that travels down to all the other sectors that, that, you people who follow all that that talk about, <laughs> but are you finding that when you're talking about retirement income, how are you talking to people about these increased inflation rates? It's it's a big concern, but I can tell you, uh, none of our families have actually called or said, "Hey, let's let's increase our spend right now because of the current inflation rates." When we build our plans, we try to be really conservative, which means we are really conserved on the assumed return from the investments. We're really conservative, and we overinflate the initial expenses. So our families they're still comfortable. They're still living the way that they want to live, even with this inflation. Now I can tell you if this inflation stays at seven, eight, nine percent for the next 12 to 24 months, then we, no. <laughs> we, they're going to be wanting some additional monthly income to account for that. Uh, because especially, you know, our, our retiree families, they don't want to just sit around. They want to travel. Uh, and they, it, you know, I was talking uh, the other day with, the, they just bought a, a fifth wheel and they just bought a big truck to go with it, a big diesel and truck. spring's coming. It, it's in spring's coming. But this di- big diesel truck has been a dream of, of this guy for a long time. He finally got it. 
well, guess where diesel prices are right uh, now? What does it cost to fill that thing up? Over $100, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, easily. A uh, couple hundred bucks. Yeah, I, yeah. I've never had to price diesel, but I know it's not cheap. Yeah, so there's going to be phone calls. There's going to be a need for additional monthly spend if we continue on this route for inflation. Um, but we do, we are really conservative with any of the assumptions we make, including the expenses. And you also mentioned the 15 minute checkup calls. I know you have these every day. You guys, the retirement planners, are you getting a lot of questions about income and inflation or what kind of things are you talking with people about? The, the top questions we're getting right now are, are always number one taxes, because once you get to this point of, of your life, you've probably, the vehicle you've probably had the ability to save most of your retirement assets in is a 401k plan. And it's all pre-tax money, which means you've never paid taxes on that money. And you're looking at a huge retirement tax bill. So the number one question always is taxes, tax mitigation, strategies, Roth conversions, tax loss harvesting, everything around taxes. Number two right now is inflation and income. Uh, how do they develop the income plan to account for their needed spend now, but also later down the road? And so, uh, you know, that's something we've always incorporated within the planning, but it is very omnipresent right now in our day-to-day -day conversations. Another thing I know you guys said you get questions about too, social security. This one came into us recently. We thought we'd discuss it here. The question was, can I get survivor social security benefits if my husband passed away from a heart attack at nine years, five months of marriage? He was a higher income earner. I'm 55. Yeah, that's a great question. And the answer to that is yes, just not yet. I like how uh, she did reference how long that they've been married, nine years, five months. For survivorship benefits, the uh, the length of time, the duration of marriage needed is nine months. So clearly at nine years, five months, she's um, eligible for that benefit. Um, and she will receive his, uh, him being a higher income earner, she will receive his higher benefit. She's only 55. So she can elect that benefit once she's turned 60, as long as she has not remarried. And that is a big point because Lauren, I think you're probably thinking of the same, uh, the same couple that we met. It was, uh, after a, a workshop, we talked about this and this woman, she was a widow and she got remarried at the age of 59 and 11 months. <laughs> Yeah. So as they, so we talked afterward about it, uh, they came in for a visit and they, it was brought up. Oh, Hey, let's, you know, get divorced. I could get that extra $1,800 a month. Unfortunately, but unfortunately that did, yeah, that was a part of the conversation. It was, it was, but so tell me this. So if that woman would have waited till 60 to get married and then got married at 60, you get the money. So 60 is the thing. Not being married is the thing. Not remarriage. Right. So if, if she waited until 60, right. collected that benefit, started the benefit, d then you can get married whenever Correct. you can still keep the benefit. Correct. It's just 60 that you, you gotta get to 60. Well, that's odd. Social security has a lot of odd rules though. Yes. You mentioned the <laughs> nine month or nine years, five months. Mm -hmm. That's significant though, because being married 10 years has something to do with social security and divorce. Correct. Correct. So this was, her question was about survivorship, which are a completely different set of roles. That's, that's the way social security likes to do things, different rules for different situations. When it comes to divorce situations, we're dealing with an ex-spousal benefit and the requirement of duration of marriage there is 10 years. So by her question, I'm, I'm sure she was probably thinking that, you know, do I have to have been married 10 years? But no, in this event of survivorship, nine months is the required duration. And for that couple you talked to, the woman who got married at 59 and nine or 10 months, 
and she would have waited till 60. We're talking about the difference of $1,800 a month, Lauren, for the rest of her life. That is a significant piece of your retirement income. So clearly, I'm guessing when you're talking about Medicare, income planning, Social Security is right in that conversation. It is. And then that situation, it was really heartbreaking because we were sitting in the room and as they received that information, just watching their faces, that wasn't fun because she was retired. He was still working. He desperately wanted to be retired and join his wife in retirement. And that $1,800 a month would have went a long way to propel him to retiring. So that was kind of the, the bad part of that. The good part of that is we got to be a part of the solution. We got to be a part of their joy as we built out their retirement plan, showed them a path to where and how he could retire and they could still live the lifestyle that they wanted to. So in a lot of these cases, it is kind of a double-edged sword for us as retirement planners because we, we feel the pain as they feel the pain, but then we also get to live the joy through their eyes as they get to realize their retirement dreams. Okay. He said double-edged sword. Does anybody in this room remember the last time he mentioned double-edged sword when we're shooting retiring today? Oh, oh, no. Okay. He said that also when we talked about social security. So by the way, retiring today is a television show that we do. You can go to YouTube, search Merkel retirement planning. You'll see some clips there that'll go more in depth with all the stuff we talk about in the podcast, some visual elements. Lauren goes up to the board, illustrates things. You can see the Ermograph and Marie will show that to us, but the double-edged sword, here it is. You guys talked about it. Social security, inflation, Medicare, COLA, jogging your memories. Oh yeah. Okay. So we talk about inflation, social security, a big part of your retirement income. Social security got a good boost lately, recently. They got a, what, what was it, Lauren? 5.9%. It's the biggest Social Security COLA increase we've seen in 40 years. But the other edge of that sword comes in. Medicare had the largest dollar increase ever. <laughs> yeah, you said, as soon as you saw that information come Ouch. out about Social Security, Anne-Marie, you said, I saw it. And while everybody else who's yeah. on Social Security was probably excited, the Medicare I director felt, here was like, uh, yeah, because wait. I, I, I had been waiting. You know, they don't release these numbers for the new year until the end of the year. So I'm waiting. I'm checking Medicare.gov every day. Then they release this cola and it's great. And I am just, I get so deflated. Yeah. And tell us why. Because it was the largest dollar increase. It went up about $30, which is unreal. I mean, going from 2020 to 2021, it was about a $4 increase. And here we had a $30 increase. So it, uh, they just balance each other out. You know, you have a large increase here in one area. Well, they're going to balance out. And like you said, it's that double, double-edged double sword. And Medicare Part B was the sharp edge of that sword for sure. <laughs> oh, and remind me, are your Medicare payments made from your Social Security check? How exactly does that work? If you've already elected your Social Security before you begin your Medicare, then yes, it's already, it's going to be automatically deducted every month from your benefit. If you elect your Medicare before turning on your Social Security benefit, then you will get a quarterly bill in the mail. You know what we haven't even talked about, Lauren? I mean, he's touched on it a little bit, but I know he's just wanting to dive into taxes and income. And, and it's a big conversation. It's one, of course, you have in those 15-minute retirement checkup calls all the time. So if taxes and income are on your mind, I've got two great resources for you. You can schedule that 15-minute retirement checkup call at MerkelRetire.com. Just spell Merkel right. It's M-E-R-K-L-E. Or you can go to YouTube, search Merkel Retirement Planning. We've got a few great shows there on taxes, including one called rising tax risk. Lauren goes really into depth about how to build long-term tax planning into your retirement plan. We'll continue tackling all of the aspects of retirement on this podcast. It's retiring today, and we thank you for listening. 
Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. And we get to watch them go on their journey from the pre-working, pre-retiree years to the working, (laughs) pre-retiree Oh, Two truths and a lie. This is my first podcast. This is my second podcast. I've never <laughs> podcasted before. 